Recorded live. Brainosaur presents the Weekday Warriors of And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling for December 21st, 2017. I am Eric Clancy, as always, joined by Mr. Patrick Kelly. And boy, oh boy, so many, so many gigantic things to talk about. Um, Most of them from Raw. (laughs) uh, Well, some of them. I mean, what we're going to start off here with is not going to be uh, about Raw, but... Um, we do have a few a few things uh, before that, but um, the biggest one, I think, actually one of the two biggest things, and they kind of go hand in hand, um, the reports that by major new out, news outlets, we're talking CBS, New York Times, New York Post, that Vince McMahon is looking to start up the XFL again. Didn't he copyright another name, though, like the United Football League or something? Yes, the URFL is another one. But um, And this is from – so the article I'm reading now is from two hours ago. Um, it's on CBSSports.com. Uh, one second here. And they're saying that uh, – so – Alpha Entertainment, which is the new self-funded company that is separate from the WWE that Vince is doing, um, has taken over five different trademarks for the XFL. um, And and, uh, so it it really looks like Vince McMahon is going to bring back the XFL. And I can't... I, I can't overstate how fucking dumb of an idea <laughs> this is like uh, I, when you failed the first time i mean you'd think you, you'd never go back to the the arena but goddamn you, you not only did they fail the first time he failed when his wrestling company was the hottest thing in the world mm-hmm. um i mean 2000 2001 it was humongous. well that was how he was able to get the friggin football league in the first place is that the WWE brand was so big that that was part of their expansion was the XFL. Yeah. And then it bombed and then it, and now here we are, you know, uh, 16, 17 years later. And it's like everything is like, so you failed in that climate, which was more conducive to another football league and now you're coming to a point where this is probably the worst the NFL has been since, like, I would say the 80s. Um, probably, uh, yeah. Things are not going well for the NFL. Viewership is down. And in, in my opinion, it's a multitude of things. I, I, think, I think conservatives will say, oh, the protests. And I think... Um, uh, I, I think will, the political climate is like driving people away. They're just annoyed with it over just on both I, sides. They're I, I agree to an extent. I don't think that's the only thing. Um, no, there's I, a lot more going on. I think a key aspect. Um, okay, so let me. I'll, I'll, I'll wax poetic <laughs> about some of this stuff of what I think is, is going on because I think there's multiple things at play. I think very rarely is it one thing for anything, but. Mm-hmm. Number one, I think the fact is they've oversaturated the market. You and I have talked about this personally in the past. Adding the Thursday games all year long was one of the dumbest things they could possibly do. Um, yes. The NFL had real estate on Sunday, and Sunday was their night. It was their day, and it was football. Sunday was football. And then, and you had Mondays, sure. But then you had. Which was just one game. Sure. But then you have the Thursday game. And then you, uh-huh. you know, so now it's three nights a week. And then when it gets later in the season, it's a Saturday. So it's four nights a week. What is different from the NFL and, and baseball and, and hockey and basketball? I mean, not much. There's so many, there's so many days and people can't keep up. So they tune out. Um, I think that that's, you know, that's a key thing. And, and unfortunately, as Americans, 
in a capitalist society, we're very bad at regulating. Like people are always like, I want to let me just keep doing it because it's going to keep making a profit. But that's not necessarily true. There is a tipping point for most things. There is a threshold before you, you, you choke something out. And I think that's what's happened. I think the safety concerns are a big thing. I think a lot of the, the mm-hmm. findings make it a lot harder for people to enjoy it. Um, I mean, you've got to remember that our society now, for better or worse, I, I'm, I'm not making a judgment call on this, but our society is kind of at odds for what professional football is all about. I mean, college football was started because in the, after the Civil War was over, adults said, hey, kids are going to be pussies. They are probably not even going to kill anyone. And that's literally <laughs> why college football was started. Um, oh, our and, ancestors, weren't they great? <laughs> yeah, and it's just like that's not the society we live in today, regardless of how you feel about that. Masculinity is, is not as um, prized as it once was. And, and once again, I'm not making a judgment call. I'm just telling you what is. And it's kind of at odds with that. And so on top of that, you're having parents that are saying, oh, I don't want to let my kid play football anymore. Mm-hmm. And what that does, and we haven't seen the effects of this yet, but this will happen, uh, with the youth leagues down, that means high school goes down. And when high school goes down, college football goes down. And the, the, the talent is not there, and the feeder system dries up, and the NFL kind of dies on the vine. So there's that. There's the, the protests that I do think factor into it. Um, and, you know, there's, there's the fact that, you know, like Peyton Manning's retired. Um, you know, uh, Eli Manning's the Patriots win all, the, the Patriots win all the time. People are getting bored. Yeah, so there's um, so there's stars that are no longer there, and they maybe haven't replaced them. So I think there's a multitude of things. The point is, the NFL is having a fucking more difficult time. So you want to introduce your shitty league that never was successful into this climate? Good fucking luck. But quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, this is Vince McMahon. This is a guy that has absolutely no fucking clue of what he's doing outside of the wwe network which i'm convinced was somebody else's idea um and i you know vince has always had foresight with different things uh syndication cable tv the internet uh net 2.0 all that type of stuff he's been like business wise on top of his game he has no fucking clue about half the shit but you can't call him on it because he's a billionaire and he has an absolute monopoly on the wrestling industry. So it's like, you know, what are you going to do? But unfortunately, when he goes out of that bubble and like there are actual consequences and competition and and things like that, he fucking fails. So I think this is going to be absolutely fascinating because, I mean, holy shit, the XFL, are you kidding me? Like, of all the things to dig back up, but uh, going back to the NFL and their troubles, I think what Vince thinks, and this is what's going through his mind, or whoever's talking to him or whoever's trying to put this thing together, they think, oh, the NFL's losing big chunks of its audience. We can eat that up. We'll pick them up, and that'll be the be able to sustain a league. I'm like, no, no, that's not how that's yeah, going to happen. Not, yeah, and, yeah, and I would say it's not the NFL, it's football. Um, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, things change. Things don't stay the same. It's not always the same. Like, things that we valued or cared about 20 years ago or 15 or 10 years ago aren't the same things we care about now. And I mean, it's a different entertainment climate. It's a different living climate. Just how we function as humans is so different. Um, Yeah. I think this is super stupid. And on top of the fact that like, so everything being equal, like he's never like, and this is the, this is the big issue with the XFL initially. They're never going to get the talent. Like, all the talent exactly. is going to go to the XFL. Like, who are you going to have? Like, fucking Tommy Maddox was your best player? Like, I mean, Rod Smart, you know. <laughs> I, I want to see He Hate Me come out of retirement. He, You know what? With the talent they'll have, that's probably, like, a real thing. So, like, I mean. He, he it, Hate it, Me and Dardar Banks. Let's get them back. Yeah, it, it, it's so, like, it's so funny because for right right now, like, and you and I know this with like the amount of television that um, there is out there. We're at like 
as, as they call it, peak TV. There's so many entertainment options vying for our attention and simply not enough time for us to spend on all of them. So, you lo- I mean, you look at, like, Patrick and I have been doing podcasts in one form or, an, or another for 12 years now. Um, but now you look at the podcast, like, everybody's got a fucking podcast. Everybody has a fucking podcast now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, it's it's money. People do it. They, like, it's cheap to do. It's not like, you know, so... so Everybody is getting into the, as, as assholes on Wall Street say, the content business. And, uh, you know, it just, it just, I think this is such a dumb move um, that, yeah, yeah, I just think this is so dumb. And if, if it knocks, if Vince loses a bunch of personal money, then great, because it makes him that less powerful. But, um, which actually brings us to our second story, it would, which would be the, Reports that um, Meltzer uh, pontificated about recently, and that's Vince McMahon possibly selling the WWE. I had heard that. Yeah, very interesting. I'm trying to think. I, the, the first thought that popped into my head was that would he sell to Disney because they are literally buying everything right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think Disney would have any interest in that. No, I. You say that, but it's like Disney, like, like I said, they're they're seemingly buying everything. But, uh, yeah, it's like who would buy the WWE? Like, I can't imagine anyone but Vince McMahon controlling it. So it'd be really interesting to see I could how that like out. I could see like a conglomerate of of people coming mm-hmm. together, kind of like how you know how Magic Johnson or Derek Jeter put together those like groups that buy like the Dodgers or the Marlins or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I could see that kind of issue, and like, and that I think might be. So part of me like would love the idea for Vince to sell it because then you wouldn't be dependent on just him. But mm-hmm. then you think about it, and it's like, oh, but then then it's a you know it's another like. If it was a private company, I would feel a lot better than if it was a public company. Uh, I think yeah, by the fact um... that WWE going public was one of the worst things they ever did. Oh, it's, from, it's from, from a fan standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. It's what's killed them. But it's the, uh, or at least it's what has made the art form worse. But that's the weird thing about wrestling as an art form. Not a whole lot of people really, uh, there. it has its fans. It has a lot of fans, even today. But not a lot of people truly get it or know how to construct professional wrestling, the art form. And it's very rarely done correctly. And when it's done by people outside of the business, it typically sucks. Look at what happened to WCW. There's just run by a bunch of people who didn't know what they were doing. So, like, yeah, so Vince sells the WWE, and say what you will about Vince, he at least knows the business and at least on occasion has good ideas, like the way Goldberg was booked this year. But it's uh, – got to be very careful to who you sell to because it could be, like, an immediate WWE goes down the tubes, or it could get, like, great and interesting again once they get new creative minds behind well, it. I don't know. from what uh, – in the Meltzer story – he talked about um, he talked about whoever would buy it would would basically have Triple H run it, which I think is mm. the only. I, I honestly do think Triple H might be the only human being on Earth capable of running the company. Honestly, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean he's he's the only guy that's like I mean Vince sucks, um, and he has no idea what he's doing, but he ran the company. Like, he made money with the company, you know? So mm-hmm. whether I think, like, half of his ideas are bullshit and he can make more money, blah, 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 blah. He kept the company alive and he ran the company and made it very profitable for a very long time. Triple H understands that now, and I, or I think he's, he, like, he's been, you know, apprenticed in the best position he can. But he also has a much younger, in-tune um understanding of professional wrestling that Vince, I don't think has anymore. And I, I think Vince is a 70 year old man. I, I mean, you know, like he, he's going to not be as sharp. I know like he's sensitive about that. And that's why when he was on Austin's podcast, he's like, a lot of people say I'm out of touch and I'm not, I'm like, dude, you're at fucking out of touch. But I mean, then again, that he was out of touch in 1990. He was out of touch when, when Scott Hall said, did a did a uh, Scarface impression, and Vince is like, you're just making that up. That's amazing. And I'm like, dude does not consume pop culture, and it, so he, he doesn't he doesn't get it, you know? Um, no. 
So I, I would think with Triple H in like installed as as the guy running it, it would be in in good shape. But you'd have to you'd have to hope the decision makers would be you know intelligent and know what they were doing. Right, and that's uh, my big fear right off the bat is that it gets bought by people who are fans of the WWE and think that they know it because that you know their kids watch it or something and think yeah. that they they could know how to run it and that would be terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's a lot of um, a lot of big shit happening. <laughs> 2018 is going to be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that would that would all be extraordinarily huge. Um, all right. So, would you like to talk about? Uh, the women's battle royal. Yeah, royal we Rumble. can do that. Uh, yeah. Um, interesting idea. Is it okay? So I didn't watch all of Raw. I only caught like I didn't watch any of Raw, honestly. Okay, so uh, yeah. So the big announcement: there's going to be a women's Royal Rumble happening the same night as the Royal Rumble. I'm assuming. So there's going to be two Rumbles. That's my understanding of it. Correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. Um. I think it's interesting. I hope it goes well. Uh, I do know that it seems like whenever they try these first of things with women, like the first Hell in the Cell and the first Money in the Bank, and they hype it up as like this big thing, it doesn't go well. Hopefully this is not one of those cases and everything goes okay, but we'll see. Well, okay, so here's here's what I hated about it, because I did see this like sequence mm-hmm. when Stephanie's like, hey, I invented women's wrestling, and I'm great, and everyone <laughs> should love me. Like she always sure fucking did, does. Yeah. Um, uh, I like to credit Sarah Del Rey, but you know. Um, <laughs> so they did this bit where like they all are like happy and crying and like raising their fucking arms. And Patrick, you know me. I'm a big proponent of women's wrestling as an athletic um, mm-hmm. thing, and like I- I'm super socially, uh, you know, like, actually, you know, I mean, politically, and I, I try not to get into politics on the show, um, because I, I don't want to turn off half our, our listeners, but, you know, my personal, I, I'm I'm uh, left of center. Um, so I think all that is great. What I fucking hated about this shit is that they're, like, all crying and, like, we're going to have a Royal Rumble. Like, I, I'm not, like, I'm not Jim Cornette here who's like, oh, you got to keep Bay, but, like, who fucking cares if you're all happy and having fun? Like, like it, to me, it's like you, you're you saying that, like, we're going to do the things the guys do, but then everything's about the greater good as opposed to just, like, what, treating them like you would the guy. You would never do this with the guys. Exactly. Um, now, if I were setting this up and you're like, all right, we're going to do a Women's Royal Rumble, what I would do, I would have the women, like, bickering with each other and competing against each other for weeks and weeks saying, I'm going to face so-and-so at WrestleMania for the title. That's what I want yeah. to do. And it's like, my goal is to get that little run to Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. And it's like, well, yeah, there's a, you know, a lot of women here, and, you know, the rankings are pretty tight right now, so you got to win some matches and stuff. And then eventually things get so out of control that it's like, all right, you know what? We're doing a Royal Rumble. That's how we'll decide it. And yeah. very basic, but make it, like, put conflict in there because that's what wrestling is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about conflict. Yeah, and just like having that like that like A to B to C storytelling. It's right. It's so nuts how that's like been lost that that aspect of the art has been lost and mm-hmm. how it used to be everywhere. And like now everything's substituted for like the twenty minute monologues or like the shitty backstage stuff where they like they tell as opposed to show. So I'll give you an mm-hmm. example. So like um, I'm I'm now watching. So I, I uh, on the uh, WWE Network. Um, I was previously watching um, WCW and WWE. Um, I had been watching Raws from '93 onward, and once Nitro came on, I started to watch those. Um, I got the Canadian Stampede, and then I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to take a break from this for a while, and I'm going to start watching ECW from the beginning. So I'm watching 93 ECW, and by the way, 93 ECW is fucking awful. It's like yes. <laughs> it's like there aren't even real professional wrestlers on the show. It's just like 
It's so bad. But, as bad as it is, as low fucking production as it is, and is like, there's like no like good wrestlers on the show, but there's still A to B to C fucking storytelling. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. So there are these two shitty big wrestlers with masks on called the Super Destroyers. And they are the tag team champions. And they have a heel manager named Hunter Q. Robbins. And they are feuding with some guys. And um, eventually, uh, this big fat wrestler named Wildman Sal Balomo comes out. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the third Super Destroyer. And he wrestles his match in a Super Destroyer outfit. And he beats the guy. And then after the match, the Super Destroyers come out and they beat the shit out of him. And then later, um, th- their manager, Hunter Q. Robbins, turns on these Super Destroyers um, and joins the uh, the Suicide Blondes, which is Chris Candido, Johnny Hotbody, and Chris Michaels. And so they need to go against the Suicide Blondes, but they need a third guy to do it. So they have to go back to Sal Balomo, who they previously beat, who wanted to be a Super Destroyer, and make that reconciliation and join forces to fight these bad guys. And then they, they have their match and stuff. But, like, to me, it's, like, as shitty as all that stuff I said was and, like, it's not, like, like it's not performed really well, at the core basics, it's, like, this leads to this leads to this. It's not just WWE, which is, like, we're going to have Wrestler A and Wrestler B wrestle 10,000 times. And then they're going to do the same thing to another wrestler, and then they'll do the same thing to another wrestler, and that's how we fucking run our company, which is what it is now. And then they'll talk about things like stealing the show and having match of the year, which should not even be on their priority list at all whatsoever. Yeah, that's why I always liked when – it's funny you mentioned that because we talk about that a lot because I always liked when Corey Graves would say about, like, when Baron Corbin beat people in like four seconds and he'd be like, Oh, he doesn't get paid by the hour. I'm like, yes, his goal as a fucking character should be to beat someone and leave. And he does not get paid by the hour. He gets paid by the match. It's like, it's honestly. And I, I always, uh, I say this to you and we always talk about how Dolph Ziggler is like the worst defender of this. <laughs> and we, I, and we always, it's probably like we said this before. It's probably Shawn Michaels worst contribution to wrestling is this mm. kind of stuff, because he was like, I'm the greatest pro wrestler of all time, which he is, but in context, he's with it, in kayfabe, he's not. Um, but you would, uh, you know, it's like if you're in a play, and in the, in like, your character's like a cop in the play, and he's like, uh, I'm a gruff, no-nonsense uh, guy, blah, blah, and then he turns to the audience, he's like, hey, I'm, a, I'm like the best actor in this show, right? Right? I'm amazing. I'm really smart. I'm smarter than I'm talking about right now. Like, I like unless you're doing, like, a Brecht show or something, like, uh, like this is, like, you know, like, who cares? And, and yeah, that's, that's, that's the stuff. That's, well, we talk about it all the time. Like, Sean being Mr. WrestleMania makes, within the confines of the story, makes no sense because he loses all the time at WrestleMania. So what the hell are you talking about? Oh, yeah. he steals the show. He has the best match. I'm like, what does the having the best match mean? Yeah, what is yeah. in the context of the story? It makes no sense. Yeah, it's like it's it's. Oh my god, I know it's so awful. It's like when they're like, he's the best sports entertainer. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm better at sports entertaining than you. I'm gonna out entertain you by dancing. That's how we win our match. It's who's ever better at sports entertaining. It's like, what, like, I understand if you're, if Vince McMahon's at a cocktail party and he's talking to an investor and they're like, oh, uh, yeah, we do sports entertainment. Like, I fucking get that. But on your television show, they should be fucking pro wrestlers because they're fucking wrestling each other. And, I, and Vince is like a fucking grandpa about this shit, too. Like, you, you remember the uh, Steve Austin podcast? And he's yeah. like, and Austin's like, oh, as a wrestler. And he's like, no, you were a sports entertainer, Steve. You didn't just wrestle. You played the guitar. I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? What does playing the fucking guitar? If, you, if you're if you a pro football player, but you do an end zone separate, oh, you're not a football player anymore. See, you were dancing. You're a, you're a, you're a, uh, an athletic entertainer. Well, you get fined for that now, so. <laughs> yeah, well, no, aren't they letting them, like, do more, um, they are. They lightened up on that, thank God. But it's like, God, yeah. 
get down. I always no, love, I always love them. Like old men get really like upset about. They're like, ah, you fucking stop goofing off. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. As they play a child's game and get played millions of dollars, I forgot how fucking serious this shit is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. So. What the fuck are we talking about? Um, oh, yeah, the um, Royal, uh, Royal Rebel. Um, yeah. Yeah, so to me, it's like if I were doing a cartoon, like a, a ladies' version, a female version of Tom and Jerry, but instead of having them actually try to kill each other, I'd have, like, girl Tom and girl Jerry, like, hug each other. Isn't it great that women get to star in a cartoon? Isn't this amazing? It's like, well, yeah, but can we yes, have but, like, maybe do that backstage and not, like, ruin everything that you're trying to accomplish here. Exactly. So, um, well, hey, Patrick, are you ready for the the uh, the Universal Championship match at the Royal Rumble? Because it's uh, going to be Brock Lesnar. It's going to be Braun Strowman. And it's going to be, for some reason, in 2018, Kane. He deserves one last run before he retires, as I was seven years ago. Really? <laughs> what? He did get that world title run seven years ago. Yeah, I love whenever I hear that and people use that as an argument. He deserves one more run before he retires. I don't remember that being a thing back when we were younger, but okay. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. I always take that like deserve like that's one of the things I hate about the that you deserve it like like bullshit and stuff. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's overused. Like any chance that ever happens in WWE. Second of all, I like I remember when Daniel Bryan won it. I was like, Daniel Bryan didn't deserve it. He was the most overact in the company. He should be the champion because he's over. Like, not because there's some sentimental reason. Kane is neither a good performer anymore. I mean, I I would say Kane hasn't been a good performer in many, many, many years. Um, he is not he is not over. Um, there is no storyline good reason for him to face Brock Lesnar. Um, there's nothing like uh, the the obviously the point is so Brock can pin Kane and Braun doesn't have to like take a, a pin, but hey, you've got multiple options here that don't include that. You can A, have Braun beat Brock, which I would have advised. You can <laughs> B, not put Braun in the match, or you can C, like I actually didn't have a C, I just had A or B. But Well, I think uh, what they're doing also, part of it, I think they want to feed Kane to Lesnar, but they know that match won't be any good, and they think throwing Braun in there will make it better, so Braun can, like, buffer how shitty that match would be. But they still well, want to have see, Lesnar but, to but isn't that isn't that the problem, though, when you when you say, so I would like, we would like him to, we, we would like this guy to be fed to this guy, but it's going to be shitty, like, at that point, don't you say, oh, wait, maybe it's not a good idea. <laughs> Isn't that what you goes do, through a but... normal person's head? <laughs> Look, they're going to close that WrestleMania again with Roman Reigns and Lesnar, so I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, to me, it, it, it's so ridiculous because there's a million stories you can tell that are better than this. It's funny because WWE's always like, we tell stories, we tell stories, except we never do, um, or at least not good ones. But like, New okay, Japan's so you, telling better stories than you right now. The company that's known as like the quote unquote pure sport wrestling league. It's like, yeah, that Omega Jericho shit is tearing it up right now. Yeah, I know, and it's selling tickets. So like, yeah, um, it to me it's like, okay, here's multiple things you could do. You could have Finn Balor wrestle Brock Lesnar, and Brock just showed in Survivor Series that when motivated and working with a smaller guy, he can make that guy look believable. And uh-huh. and have a good match. Uh-huh. So there's that thing, and the story is, hey, Finn never lost. So there's that. You right. could have Samoa Joe say, hey, I took Brock to the limit, you know, blah, blah, blah. That match is super well-received, and there is something about brute versus brute that's, that's very interesting. Um, you could do that. You could have Braun go over him. Or, or actually have the match they should have had at No Mercy where Braun is not pinned by one F5 for whatever fucking reason that was. Um, <laughs> you, could, uh, you could have that Seth Rollins match that we never really got because it was just four suplexes and then The Undertaker interfered for whatever reason. Um, 
you could do so many things, but instead, we gotta get Kane in there because he's I don't know dying. I I have no idea why we're getting Kane in there. Oh, he's running for governor, isn't he? Mayor or um, mayor something. He's running for something in Knoxville, Tennessee. Whoop de doo. Okay. okay. I'll so. I'll pretend to care. <laughs> Um, so it, it's it's that. There's so many, like, like I mean, put Matt Hardy and his weird-ass shit up against them. I don't care. Like, anything except for Kane. That's, like, the worst option that you can come up with. You know what casual fans say when they see Kane in the title match? They go, wait, Kane's still wrestling? Yeah, I know. I That's why I, I hate that casual fan excuse. I hate when people are like... Well, they're doing this, this, and this because they're casual fans. I'm like, I'll tell you what casual fans will say. Kane's fucking old, like you just said. Like, that's what they say. So, I mean, like, it, it's – I understand Lesnar, and, and I, for the most part, support Lesnar in, in the spot he's in. It's, it's a shame he's only motivated half the time. I get that, though. Like On a light but, schedule, too. Yeah, I but, like, some of the decisions they make are just, like – Okay. Like, <laughs> all right. So, all right. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that's happening. Yeah, they're they're gonna do what they want to do, and all of it is being done. Everything they do, it almost doesn't matter what they do with Lesnar. They just want to get to that Roman Lesnar match where Roman beats him, and Roman will be the first one to kick out of the F five since I don't know since Taker probably. Um, kicking out of it. Um, yeah, when was the last time somebody kicked out of the F5? Cena? Oh, no, that was after. Um, yeah, probably Taker. Yeah. So they just want they want Roman to get that rub. Because, God damn it, they're going to keep it, trying. It's so funny to me because, like, you could see at, um, like, you could see there was a point where Vince seemingly cared about crowd reaction. Where like, oh shit, they're gonna shit all over Batista and Orton. We've got to add Daniel Bryan to the match, and mm-hmm. um, and then the next year they're like, oh, they hate Roman Reigns. We're gonna have Seth Rollins win it instead. And then the next year they're just like, fuck this, and 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 that was all. And and ever since then it's been, uh, yep, yeah, now nah, he's just gonna go over Hunter. He's just gonna go over Undertaker. We're gonna, we're just gonna do this doesn't really matter. And I hate the reaction I hear sometimes in the media and from the WWE themselves, where they almost get, like, mad at the fan base for not going along with it. And I'm like, dude, we're the consumers paying our money for this shit. We don't have to blindly accept anything that you give us. Yeah, stop being so negative, Patrick. You're just being negative. You're nitpicking. Okay. You're nitpicking things. Okay. <laughs> sure. All right. Like to it's me, not like to I me, that to everything else I watch. I know. To me, it's like nitpicking is like, well, when I if I'm watching Game of Thrones, I'm like, well, that this small action or this minute character doesn't like, you know, doesn't jive with with this this or that thing. Nitpicking is not. I'm not interested in this guy as the protagonist of the show. Maybe you should do something else. That's not nitpicking. <laughs> That's just like this is my reaction to it. And it's a lot of other people's reaction, but mm-hmm. it's just going to it's 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 going to unfortunately, and it didn't start with Roman Reigns. Um, people mistake that and have like blinders on about that. It's it started with John Cena. Yeah. Um, people forget that. Even like I was listening to a few months ago. Uh, not a few months ago, like maybe a year ago, I was listening to like a Meltzer and uh, Alvarez podcast and somebody was like, oh, um, you know, in 2005, Brian Alvarez said, you said that, hey, um, this John Cena experiment has failed. They need to take the title off of him or they need to, they need to quit it. And Brian's like, Oh, I don't remember saying that. And then he like looked back on, he's like, I did. I don't know what I was talking about, but I was like, no, you just had a normal reaction like everybody else did because the top babyface was getting booed and everybody just fucking went along with it. And they were like, this is fine, I guess. He sells out arenas. And, like, I-, I will say to Dave and to everyone that says this, 
it's a chicken or the egg scenario. Like, yes, he does at this point and in, in the recent past, he does. But I, I guarantee you fucking James Ellsworth would if they had him in that position for that long of a time. As long as you're not dead and you can conceivably work a match, it, yeah, you'll you'll With get no over. You'll get I mean, over. Yeah, and this whole period, no WCW around or anything that could challenge them either. So they could pretty mm-hmm. much do whatever they wanted. Yeah. And no, uh, TNA doesn't count. Yeah. Well, yeah, or whatever they're called. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because you'll hear, yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it started with Cena and I think Vince got to that point. He's like, oh, hey, you know what? And unfortunately, he's right. He's like, it's not really going to make that much of a difference to our business. And mm-hmm. he's right in the fact that it's not going to tank the business. But, I mean, like, I'll I'll say this, and this is a fact that people kind of forget conveniently. There are less people that are watching the WWE than ever before, ever in the history of the entire company. Yeah. There have never been less people watching than right now um, since they've, you know, been on, on TV. What they are doing is squeezing more money than ever before out of the people that are still watching. But if you think that that's a sustainable business proposition, then you probably think it's a good idea to fund a fucking football league to compete <laughs> against the XFL in, 20, in the NFL in 2017. Because I'll tell you this right now, all those guys that are still watching the WWE, the kids and all that, they are probably not going to watch your football league. Uh, just a crazy assumption of mine, but I... They're I, not I even going to watch the will. wrestling after a while. Those kids age out, and they don't stick with it. I mean, there's very... He's not making new fans. I mean, they're like... Mm-hmm. They're not like 3 million or whatever, 2.8 sometimes, you know? Like, that's like... Everybody's always like, oh, you know, 95 and 90-whatever. Those were so... They had so few people. He had, like... Five or six million people watching after WrestleMania 11. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. It's, it's, there less people are watching your fucking programming. And if you think, and this is, this is another thing. And unless there another competitor comes in with a bidding war, um, you're gonna have some fun with this. But uh, the rights fees are not gonna be what they think they are. Like, and everybody forgets this. When in 2014, I believe it was, when the rights fees came up last time, and remember previously Vince was like, oh, I'll let you put me in a hammerlock if we don't double the rights fees. Well, they got 50% more. So they didn't. They didn't double the rights fees. They they were hoping they were going to triple it. And they got 50% more, which in that climate, when like the NBA and all those things got ridiculously inflated deals, and they were all terrible deals and, and like ESPN is essentially like bankrupt because of all those shitty deals. Um, but they, they couldn't get that. And the key reason, number one, there's not a ton of people watching. Number two, the people that are watching are, are not the affluence level that advertisers want as a person who works at a fucking advertising agency on Madison Avenue in New York I can tell you the reason people think that is because it's fucking true. And Vince has said this for years. He's like, oh, oh, all these elitists, all these populists. Well, guess what? You know why advertisers want to buy for less people on the U.S. Open and the, um, and the Westminster dog shows? Because they have more fucking money. So if you're going to like, and thankfully it's, it's better than it used to be, but if you're going to have lowbrow bullshit programming, then you're going to get a lowbrow bullshit audience. And and I know he's like, oh, that's a challenge. But that's just the way it works. I mean, that's why 30 Rock stayed on the air for as long as it did. I love 30 Rock, but the ratings weren't great. But rich people watched it. And so if you're an advertiser, if there are people that have more money, yeah. Yeah, those people are probably worth maybe a two versus two people as far as, uh, as, far as demo, uh, the, the, the other audience is concerned. So when the new rights fees come up for this stuff, I mean, unless, like, Fox Sports or someone gets into this bidding war, they're once again not going to to, to get what they think they're going to get. And for everybody who's like, oh, TV doesn't matter, TV doesn't matter, if you look at WWE's balance sheets and you look <laughs> at, at their, their quarterly reports, TV does fucking matter. 
it's the vast, and I do mean the vast majority of their revenue. Live events doesn't come close. Merchandising doesn't come close. Um, the network sure shit doesn't come close. It's television rights fees. It's $250 million a year. If you think that television doesn't matter, and I understand people are like, oh, cord cutting, cord cutting. Yeah, okay, I get that. That's a thing. But we're not done yet. So television does matter. And the fact that he's shrunk his audience to this point and we're where we are, that's going to be an issue. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll be – when are the rights up? Um, what did they sign? Let me see. Well, I, I, I actually do not know. Rights. Um, television rights. Uh, looks like uh, 2019. Ooh. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny because you're you're always looking at um, those, you know, those stupid like, did you know WWE has more Facebook people than the NFL and the moon and Ed Sheeran and like God combined? And everybody's like, oh, that's awesome. And like a, like some, like a yokel looks at that. It's like, this is great. But then if you're like an adult and you have access to the internet, which I don't know, net neutrality has gone, so I don't know if we will anymore. But you just go to TV by the numbers or any of the rating things and say, oh, I'm going to look at these. Oh, my goodness. There's, there's not that many people watching. There's not 800 million people watching. I remember I was a mark, too. I mean, I'm still a mark, but I was an idiot once. And when WWE used to say to over a half billion people each week, I was like, wow, that's so many people. And now I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. It's total bullshit. They, they lie a lot. They're fucking like, carnies. Oh, they also, they are also the most self-congratulatory company I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, literally everything they do is the greatest thing ever in their eyes. Yeah, we just gave $10,000 to Susan G. Coleman. <laughs> which is it? Which, by the way, is a terrible organization. How so? Tell um, me their most of their hardly any of their um, their uh, actually, to my knowledge, none of their uh, revenue goes to cancer research because they're an awareness charity. Oh, they're making okay. you aware of it. They're not doing anything to solve it. There's actually a lot of great great breast cancer and regular cancer uh, charities that are out there that I would recommend if you're serious, if anyone out there is serious about donating to that kind of thing to do so. But Susan G. Komen is, is not that company. <laughs> no, they're just like, Oops. Oh, breast cancer awareness. I'm like, yeah, no, we're all fucking aware of it now. So maybe, uh, and I mean, to, to a point it works because like when you breast cancer probably is the most famous of all cancers. So I, I, I get that. But like, Maybe, like, you know, fucking try to fix it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we got anything else to talk about? Um, I don't know. Are we going to have time to do another show before Tokyo Dome? Yes. I am, I am off all next week, so I will have time to do that. Cool. I should have time as well, so we can talk about that. that that's the next big show coming up, which yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. super excited for. It's going to be um it's going to be good. Um Did the, you see the, I don't know if we talked about this last week. Did you see the press conference between Jericho and Omega? I haven't seen it yet. Is that the one where they like fight? Yes. I have not seen it. It's friggin' great. Like it's it it almost feels like a real fight at times. Well, Jericho, I mean, they, they've talked about this and with with all due respect to to Naito and Okada, and you know me, I think Okada's 2017 is, I put it up there with one of the greatest, like, wrestling years ever. Like, mm-hmm. to me, I put it up there with, like, like, um, like, Flair's 88, and Michael's is uh, 96, and, like, just, a, just an awesome year. Like, one of the greatest years of all time. Um, mm-hmm. That said, 
when they announced Jericho and Omega, they sold like they sold as many tickets after that point as they um as they had sold the entire time up until the Tokyo Dome last year. So so it was just like I, I think like eighty percent more tickets, something ridiculous as far as tickets. <laughs> so so basically bringing Chris Jericho onto that show was Pretty fantastic for everyone involved, for New Japan, for Kenny Omega, for Chris Jericho, who is now basically can go back to WWE and say, "Hey, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a financial um, commodity." So because you know, I think I think after a while you're like, oh, you know, if you see a guy a lot, you're like, how valuable really are they? And it's difficult. It's very difficult. And Patrick and I talk about this a lot to tell who is and who isn't a draw in this industry because there's so many variables. And there's so many things to go in it. Um, but when you see a match announced and then immediately the ticket sales go up, then it's like, okay, so that's a, that's a, that's a big fucking deal, you know? So um, good for New Japan um, because I am a big New Japan fan and I'm excited about the show. And, I mean, anything you can do to get American fans' attention, because they do, they do well in Japan, obviously. You know, it's the American fans and and giving them wrestlers that they know to kind of get them into the, the, the wrestlers that they don't. Um, I think that's the key. Um, yeah. And so. I've heard, you know, they ran a couple of shows in long beach last year that seemed to go over pretty well. And I've heard talks that Cody is going to be financing his own show sometime in 2018. In Chicago. It's, it's yes. And it's to me, it's uh, Patrick. I was reading these articles um, about Cody and they're like, who would have thunk that Cody Rhodes would have been so successful outside WWE? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Have you watched this human being, this fucking wrestling Jehovah, like, perform ever in, the in like, the time he's been there? What has he done that's bad? And it's like, he, I don't know if People you remember this. People point to Stardust, but, like, that wasn't his fault. And he performed He did the best he could. could with it, and it was great when he had direction. Uh, yeah, you know, and I'm like, also, he's fucking Dusty Rhodes' son. Like, the, like, come on, <laughs> like, what? Like, it, it just, it's just shocking to me. I'm like, yeah, duh, of course. And he's a smart guy. He's handsome. He's marketable. He's a great wrestler. Like to me, and I, I like, I mean, I feel like a broken record because you and I said this so many times when he's in WWE. He's everything you want in a pro wrestler. Like. Yes. At least when when I'm thinking about pro wrestling, if I'm a pro wrestling promoter, I want to dispel. I want to get casual fans involved, and I want to dispel notions about what a professional wrestler is. So I don't want the characters you'll see when 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 sitcoms do their pro wrestling episodes. I want people that oh he could be a model or he could be a rock star or he could be this guy. So then they're like oh that's interesting, and you get these new people because I and Patrick I've told you this before um, about how I started in got into wrestling. I didn't watch in the eighties, and my impression early on in the late eighties, the early nineties was a bunch of fat guys in their underwear. And like like balding fat guys in their underwear. And I remember my reasoning was like I saw Macho and Hogan, and I love Macho now. But I'm like these guys are like old looking, and and I mean they were like in their 30s, so they weren't like terribly old. But they like they were balding. They weren't like you know they weren't the like coolest looking guys on the planet. And it wasn't. And I was one of the few new fans of the uh, made during the new generation era. And I saw Undertaker and Razor Ramon, and Shawn Michaels, and Bret Hart, and I'm like, wow, these guys look cool and different, and they look like, that guy's like a fucking zombie, and this guy <laughs> is, has long hair, and he's like, and he's like ripped, and this guy, like, all these guys look cool, and they, like, you know, so that changed my perception and got me into it, and I think that's how you make new fans. You don't just say, hey, you're wrong. You're wrong for thinking this. Here's why. You say, no, what do you like? And then show them that so um long story short cody rhodes is a superstar and if you didn't think he was going to be successful you're a stupid idiot <laughs> yeah we were saying it years ago back in like the legacy days and maybe even a little bit before that we were like dude this guy's they've got something with this guy and they never his money never capitalized on it no i remember when you when we were watching um uh 
when the authority angle first started. And mm-hmm. they did that thing where Cody fought Randy for his job, and they had that great angle. And you're like, oh, I remember you. I missed that show. And you said, oh, I think Cody's going to be a big deal going forward. And he wasn't. He never was. And it's like like the amount of times where greatness has, like, do you remember, you remember that legacy angle where, like, Orton, like, push Cody at the end of the show because he had attacked his dad and Cody was like there and he was like like he was ready to be an ultra baby face and they're like yeah 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 fuck that no no we'll have Orton turn face that'll be the thing to do and we'll have it happen in four months when nobody cares anymore this is the WWE where we can never adjust on the fly where where the points don't matter and nothing makes sense yep yep oh my god Anyway, uh, do you know how much free time I have now where I watch less football and I I um I skim through Raw? It's, like, amazing. I can do all sorts know, of right? other things. Like, I'm Actually, in better shape. I can work out. It's great. I'm in much better shape. I've been exercising a lot more the last few weeks. And I'm amazed at how much fat I've already shed. I'm like, damn. Yeah, like, when you're not, when you're not like, watching shitty, like, Dolph Ziggler versus whoever matches, you're like, yeah. And I made a list of all the shows that I need to catch up on. There's like 20-some-odd shows I haven't watched. It's like, all right, I need to watch Stranger Things. I need to watch... Uh, oh, you haven't watched it yet? Not season two. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Actually, I just started on Monday. I'm three episodes into season two. So I hear it gets okay. really, really good. Yes. Season four had a very sad thing that happens that makes me upset. Um, <laughs> you, you'll, you'll, see, you'll know it when you see it. Um, I mean, by season, not season four, episode four. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So I think that's it for us. Um, ladies and gents, we would like to thank you for uh, joining us. Um, as always, Mr. Patrick Kelly is here. I'm here, Mr. Eric Clancy, and we are signing off. <laughs>